0: Have you ever wondered about who was the first female video game designer? Or the origin of Gandalf's sword in Lord of the Rings? These are just two of the topics you'll find us discussing on the Covert Nerd podcast, a podcast which aims to bring out the inner nerd in all of us. Celebrating nerdy topics from the past and the present, simply go to covertnerd.net for more information or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And until next time, nerd it up. and welcome to another Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm your host and gift giver, Moose. My gift for you is a little bit of comedy and a little bit of murder. From the movie that I happened upon one night, interestingly named Moose the Movie, I give to you, director and editor, Mr. Logan Dellinger. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thank you. As we uh, talked about when we were setting this up, as soon as I saw the name of the movie, I was like, I've got to get him.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a buzzword. If you uh, live anywhere in the northern regions, people <laughs> know about this.
0: How's life? How's how's, how's everything well, going? As far as the the,
1: the general world, <laughs> we're, we're hanging in there. You know, I live in Alaska, and... I'm fortunate to be pretty separated from most of the rest of the world, I guess. And, um, you know, we're, you know, watching everything kind of unfold that's happened this year and doing the best we can to do what we feel is right, you know, and um, all the while trying to figure out how to make movies in between all of it. And it's not exactly an easy thing to do. We had one one movie that was postponed uh, that we were going to be making this year. Um, but, uh, we're going to save that for when everything calms down.
0: Well, in in Alaska, you guys have a very interesting perspective. You, you're part of the country, but you, you, you definitely get that outside looking in look to see the rest of everyone else's mistakes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you do grow up, um, if you, if you grew up up here, it's, you do have a little bit more of a outsider's point of view, I guess. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, you know, some people don't even know that we speak English. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I, the, there's the, you know, how do you get to school? Well, we ride a school bus. Well, you don't ride a polar bear? It's you don't like, take no. dog sleds? <laughs> yeah, dog sleds. <laughs> do you guys have daylight up there? So, I mean, we're kind of like Canadians in a way, I guess, but with a little bit more of an American <laughs>
0: pull. <laughs> we're just, we're up there, you know. We're Canadians, but we like guns. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> we use them for survival. It's kind of way, of way of life for a lot of people.
0: What got you into wanting to do films and things?
1: Well, you know, I've... I've always said that there's, there's usually, if you ask any filmmaker, there's usually a movie that they were destined to watch at the perfect time of their life. And it's that one movie that kind of points them in the direction of wanting to do filmmaking as a career. And for me, in my case, it was Lord of the Rings. When I had first seen that, I was, I was 10 years old and i thought it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen <laughs> and it was the first time where i could actually like understand what like about storytelling and like where a character's journey begins and how they have to go through the arc and then they have a mission they have a whole adventure that they go on and and then you can introduce the, the actual craft of storytelling with the music and the cinematography and, and, and the, you know, the performance of the actors. And I was at an age, I feel like where you can, uh, when you're around 10, I think you can actually start to appreciate movies and what they are and what they can do. And because, you know, New Zealand looks a lot like Alaska in a lot of areas, it really did feel familiar in a way. Um, we live in an area that's surrounded by mountains and it like, you know, my friends and I, we'd, we'd watch Lord of the Rings and we'd say that looks like, you know, Rohan over there looks like it could be this area over here behind our houses. And so, um, you know, watching that movie was a turning point for me. And, and ever since then, I've been obsessed with wanting to know more about how to tell a story and specifically through film, because I think digital media is just the most beautiful thing we can we can experience.
0: Oh, I agree. And now you, you've done other movies, but the one I want to focus on, obviously, is Moose the movie. Amazing cinema,
1: Moose the movie.
0: Lord of the Rings, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> uh,
1: it's uh, a little different than Lord of the Rings, but... Uh, it, it's a good
0: comedy horror.
1: Right.
0: You know, there, there's comedy, there's horror. It it could go either way, you could watch it and laugh, you could watch it, watch people die, albeit one of the people you want to die, don't die. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as, like I was mentioning before we got started, I I won't call it a uh, horror comedy because it's definitely a little bit more comedy than horror, but it blends the, the two together really well. And it's yeah it's campy it's a little cheesy but it's really well put together i mean you could tell it's not you know this huge budget blockbuster but if you if you go into it knowing hey i'm just going to sit down and w- have have fun watching a movie you're going to get a fun movie mm-hmm. and the villain of the movie looks fierce as hell (laughs) yeah who designed the costume for moose
1: so that was done with a a company that is in anchorage and they do a lot of taxidermy work and we worked with them with coming up with a design for this creature that we weren't really sure how we were going to make it work and whatnot and they came up with this idea of putting, you know, basically a, a giant moose head helmet <laughs> and with like the shoulder pads because it ended up being really heavy. And the guy that that made it is is he's an, a genius. He's a genius. And he's done all kinds of really cool, you know, taxidermy creatures. And he was able to put this make this mold of this head for us and. It came out phenomenal. The antlers themselves, there's a couple different versions of those. Some of them are fake uh, because we realized that if you have real antlers on top, it's just the thing weighs 80 pounds and you can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't actually put it, you can't move around with it. But uh, so we have these kind of rubberized ones for some scenes where he has to move around a little bit. Yeah, he was able to come up with the articulating jaw. And so that can move up and down a little bit and... There's also a light switch <laughs> that you can't ever see in the movie, but the light switch changes the eyes to glow. You can click that on and off so they can have a nice burning red
0: hellish glow. It definitely gives that evil the evil hell moose look. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The moose as it.
1: You know, and, and you really have to work within your budget. And when when you see it, you know, we still have the head. And, uh, you know, it looks really, really cool, you know, on a pedestal. And you put it on, you start to notice some of its limitations. Like, it's hard for him to kind of look down. He doesn't, you can't really bend it much. And so, you know, we we learned really quick how limited some of our movement would be with the character. And really, you need a, a, a really big guy to put it on to make it look not like a bobblehead because it is such a big head you we found a guy like randomly at an auto parts store who happened to be like six six some massive guy and chad carpenter the writer went up to him and asked if he'd like to be in our movie (laughs) because he was big and uh anyway he ended up you know long story short he ended up agreeing to it and he was the you know we've had a couple of different stand-ins to play the moose in a few different scenes for whatever we were doing but for majority of of the scenes he this guy named roy was the actual moose guitar. and he's marine veteran he's just this big dude and just really strong and um, it looks good on him for sure but you know you need to be over six feet tall otherwise oh, yeah. it starts to distort it <laughs>
0: And say it, it, it definitely strikes a very uh imposing silhouette, yeah. So the movie opens with this like comic book animation, and you, you get this voiceover, which I gotta say, I love because it, it sounds super serious given the backstory of mm-hmm. you know the, the, the folklore handed down from generation to generation, and then it just then it gets goofy, you know. Right. It's like it's very serious, very serious, very serious, and then two idiots screw it up, you know. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, okay, now, now we we have the feeling shift in the movie. Mm-hmm. Who did all the animation stuff? Because the animation, that animation work was flawless.
1: The person who drew those panels, uh, his name's Lucas Elliott, and he actually made a entire beginning-to-end graphic novel of Moose the movie um, in his art style, and um, it's on sale now, actually, <laughs> um, but uh, the his graphic novel was um, kind of based on the original script, the one that we we trimmed down before we started shooting early before he was able to complete the graphic novel we knew we wanted to begin and end the movie with these kind of interactive faux 3d kind of uh you know comic book shots where the camera's kind of panning across the panel and there's a voiceover and kind of adding some snow effects and stuff like that just to make it kind of you know interactive in a way and you know, he worked closely with Chad, who is uh, the writer, uh, and they were able to come up with these really cool drawings that kind of detail the, the moments that we needed to help set up the prologue of, of the story. You know, and, and he was able to put those together, and, and from that style, he was able to then finish out doing the rest of the graphic novel. And we got that printed out, and he, he does excellent work, and he does... Um, illustrations uh, full-time for a real job and um, with some editing magic and some patience we were able to make that feel like it
0: was kind of an interactive 3d um, comic book so we can buy a graphic novel about the movie as well yes
1: yes or we could maybe just send you one (laughs) well i mean you could send me
0: one but i'll talk to my people uh, Say so yeah. Towards the end, let's make sure we tell people where to buy that graphic novel because there's definitely something to promote. Sure, absolutely. Um, so we, we we get into the movie two kills right <laughs> off the bat. Like I, I don't want to break down the movie too much because it obviously it'll takes away some of the fun, but that also leads us to probably the most interesting character in the movie, and that's. Zack, the new park ranger. Now, Zach is the fish out of water in this new town, in Gangrene Gulch. Yep. <laughs> uh, as a viewer, listeners, if you haven't watched this movie yet, I suggest when you watch this movie, watch it as you are right there with Zach, Because... Both of you will go on the exact same journey because it is a very silly movie and he's very aware that it's silly. Like when the first code gets called in for the first two murders is like what code 42, you know, two hikers. And I don't remember how, what, what what exactly it was, but I was like, that's oddly specific. And then the next line was, you know, that's awfully specific. And I was like, shit. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I think that was just, you know, ingenious. You, you put this fish out of water character in there that somebody th- that we could actually lock on with and ride the journey on. It, it's kind of like an anchoring point in this circus of a world that you gave us.
1: You know, a lot of that, I, I have to give credit where it's due. And really the the genius part of this story it comes from chan carpenter who is a a real he's he's the cartoonist for for tundra and he's in 650 newspapers across the world and uh he happens to live up here (laughs) but him and his brother uh wrote this story and they are just these really funny guys and they come up with all of these jokes one of the things you face as a storyteller is how do you how do you connect all of this stuff together for the audience to you know understand the jokes that you're trying to to set up and and to do that in this case because it is such a silly kind of premise you know you need to have a character like zach be the quote unquote the straight guy he's the the fish out of water he's the one that the audience has to relate with the most because most people watching this they they don't live in a
0: town like this so you need some sort of scale of I don't think anybody lives in a town like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's funny you say that because a lot of the jokes that are kind of exaggerations of of a lot of people we know or places we've been there's a town in Alaska where its mayor was a cat um and so that's (laughs) (laughs) so it's it might be far-fetched for for some people but a lot of it isn't isn't really that far-fetched but um but having, like you said, that, that fish out of water character, that that is the intent, is you need to have a ground point for to understand all of the weird wackiness that surrounds you know the character.
0: I I do have one criticism and it's it's so minor. We love criticism, so, or I do anyway. I wanted to know what happened with Zack and Sam. <laughs> yeah. You but, know. Do you have do you have a theory? I think they got together. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive because he, again, he's like the normal one in the town. I mean, if, if she was going to hook up with anybody in the town, she, she would have done it by before he got there. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I think she was looking for her sense of normal. Mm-hmm. That that was a fun character too, Sam. She many levels fun. Yeah, she's great. So yeah, she was a knockout actress. I mean, she was she was really good in that role.
1: Yeah, her name's uh, Chantel Grover, and uh, or Chantel Baldwin now, but um, she uh, is a very well known locally uh, theater actor, and just excellent, you know, singer, and has a great stage presence. And we've seen, you know, we grew up watching, everybody grew up watching her on stage, and so she you know was a, a great fit for this this project
0: i say she she definitely seemed like the only other normie in town and e- even her normal wasn't normal normal it was normal adjacent <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's that's how i saw it in my mind too is that you know she's adapted there a little bit more and she might have been there longer, <laughs> but uh, she does have a little bit more of a normal um, edge to her compared to, you know, the, the cleanup crew with the Jed and Rupert guys who they it's can it's we feel really dress them? No, <laughs> yeah. And I gotta say, there, there's a, an extended version of the movie that's out there and it exists. Um, it's not on Amazon, but. Um, where we've we just let the cameras roll on some of these guys with those scenes and jen rupert specifically there's some great scenes with them that trim down because maybe it's getting a little off topic like it's going the scenes are going to a dark place and, and the actors who play jen rupert um are friends of mine um raymond chapman and, and joseph lecomte and uh terrific terrific guys and just so funny and great at uh, improvising and being able to set up a scenario and you know let's let them let them go and just some of the stuff that they came up with was um i would say borderline r-rated and so we had to kind of dial it back a little bit because you know it's we're not going for r-rated movie you know we're, we're going for comedy and what they were saying was funny but Maybe it wasn't the right kind of fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I say, they definitely seemed like a pair that could hold their own in the uh, ad lib department. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Like a good. They're a good, almost polar opposite to the uh, brothers. Uh, Mm -hmm. God, I can't think of what their names are right now Um, Doug and Monty. Yeah, Doug and Monty. You know, who are comedic themselves, but they're a lot more of the, uh, more reserved, super afraid (laughs) comedy, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, the cleanup crew, that's, they're more of the, all right, let's do it, let's get it done, you know, let's get down and dirty, (laughs) you know, so you have both sides of that, uh, spectrum there covered, and it's, it's really fun to watch at different Mm -hmm. times.
1: Yeah, the Doug and Lonnie characters. Everybody, everybody in the cast, um, uh, ma- majority volunteer, and all locally up here, Alaska, locally um, casted, and and those guys, Doug and Lonnie, are uh, they're twins and they're absolutely hilarious, and um, uh, we kind of always viewed them as like the the Canadians who kind of live in the area, who live a very sheltered life. And uh, they, you know, as we see later in the movie, we see what kind of living environment they they, they have <laughs> and how that goes down. But, um, you know, Chad was is so good at, at writing these just kind of funny characters and just kind of weird, you know, scoo- screwball, you know, scenarios that put them in and i feel like there's there's times where they'll write something that is you know they they almost have too many jokes that just you can't put them all on screen because the script is so much longer than what you know what you read is so much longer than what you can actually put on screen because it's just you know, we don't have the time to do it. And it's just, you know, it's, it reads so funny on the page, but I don't know if it's possible to make the same joke on screen because there is a, you know, there is a medium there. There's a, you have to know how to tell the jokes on screen. And, but, you know, Chad's a, a master joke teller, um, from his cartooning. And so I think coming up with weird characters like Jed and Rupert and Doug and Monty and, you know, the puppet guy and all these weird wacky things. it's, you know, they, it comes easy for them and it is comedy gold for sure. In my opinion, the
0: puppet guy (laughs) that (laughs) caught me off guard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm watching the movie and here comes Alphonse the, uh,
1: like with His squeaky wheel
0: part, yeah, and like I, I look down for a second, I look up. It's like, what the sh... There's puppets, <laughs> <laughs> and and again, there's Zach at the exact same time, looking like, how how is this normal? What is wrong <laughs> with this town? You know, yeah, and and. and the puppeteer is never acknowledged <laughs> it's always <laughs> yeah. the puppet you just see like the right above the bridge of his nose up for the puppeteer the the entire yeah. movie that's all you see and it's God, it's so funny i mean i i wasn't expecting but pu- well i mean okay i might have been expecting puppets because i mean <laughs> it's it's you know we're talking about a movie with you know, a killer moose. I wasn't expecting a cook puppet, a waiter puppet, um, an angry mob puppet. Right. You know, th- those were not the puppets I was expecting. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, and, and I, I, f- I feel like most people are with you in that they're not expecting expecting that. Um, I'm really happy to hear that you thought it was funny <laughs> because it, it does seem to be a, a line for some people of, okay, now this doesn't make any sense, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, myself being a huge Jim Henson fan and same with Chad and, you know, most I feel like most people are Jim Henson fans in general. I say anybody um, that
0: grew up from, I'd say, the – Hell, even the mid '70s on is are probably Henson fans.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you can at least if even if you're not. I mean we've all seen you know Muppet Treasure Island, or we've yeah. seen Dark Crystal, or we've seen some you know Muppet movie or so we've show seen that something you
0: know, that he's touched.
1: Sesame Street. I mean we know about puppeteering, and even if you can't, or if you, even if you don't think they're funny or watch them you can at least appreciate them a little bit and so we are in no way trying to say that this is you know the jim henson level of creativity here but it is a, a fun way to throw a little nod that direction um with the budget we had and it does fit the theme of it being a wacky you know it's a wacky town so why not have somebody who doesn't talk and just talks to you through uh, you know a puppet oh yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, there's there's even mimes on spring break. <laughs> on spring break. Yeah. No
1: noise complaints.
0: Yeah, Oh, yeah. It's it's so weird. Another element I really liked was the uh, angry narcolepsy with the <laughs> yeah. uh, secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first heard it, it's like, what is angry narcolepsy? And then the first time you see it, you're like, holy shit
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, that 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 was a fun added element where you're just like, okay, that's that that she needs meds. She needs something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a really fun uh, little part in the script where her scenes always involved, you know, throwing some projectile towards Zack. <laughs> And it was fun trying to come up with ways to to film those scenes, whether she's, you know, knitting or she's got a letter opener or something, you know, or, you know, whatever it
0: is. But, um, that didn't look like a letter you know, opener. That looked like a switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that yeah. looked like a legit knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was going to do some damage.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. And it, yeah. So, you know, those kind of characters are just, are just really, really funny. and That's just another example of just some joke that Chad comes
0: up with, you know? And it's like, okay, how do we make this funny? And then, at the center of it all, no murder mystery, comedy, horror wow. compilation would be complete without the inept, bumbling police officer. Right. <laughs> and... <laughs> Mike takes the cake. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go through the you know annals of film history and look at all of you know the bumbling officers and I mean, you, you, there's Barney Fife, Chief Wigum. There's <laughs> you can roll these all together, and you have Mike. That's this guy mm-hmm. right there. He's definitely the, what looks like it happened, happened, that's it, we're done, n- end of story. I mean, the guy's a moron. <laughs> yeah. But, again, it adds to the silliness of it, because you're just like, holy crap, he's dumb. <laughs> But I I feel in a situation like this, you had to have, again. you had to have that bumbling cop. I don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, with Zack as a straight man, you you had to have the bumbling idiot somewhere. And Mm -hmm. having him as the, uh, essentially lead on the case was a great choice, great character decision. And... The guy who played him played him phenomenally. I'm I, I'm assuming it was acting. I don't know the guy personally. It, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he's not a bumbling idiot.
1: <laughs> he's yeah no he his name's Dave Newfer and yeah no again terrific actor very funny funny guy and I think he he really <laughs> understood the role very quickly. Um, didn't require hardly any direction i think he just kind of read the the you know the character on the page and then was able to <laughs> take it from there but you know the character is is important for the story in that you need to give a little bit of purpose for zack to to be there and so you know zack's the new guy coming in And Mike says grub is, you know, the old ranger kind of going out. And so there's a, that little bit of overlap of, you know, maybe Mike says grub is kind of checked out. He's kind of ready to be done. Maybe he's going to retire. You know, he's, he's not really focused on his job as much anymore because now we have Zach coming in and this ends up being the ultimate, you know, training, um, exercise for zach because he gets thrown into this you know
0: murder mystery
1: (laughs) that that he probably was not expecting to have
0: uh on his first day i gotta ask do alaskans have an issue with hippies
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) I, i think i think a lot of that might just have have to do with the humor of uh of, of Chad's writing style, short answer is no. There's no issue with hippies
0: or well, with cats. Say, I, the reason I ask is because the, the scene with the hippies loved it because <laughs> I, I, I was rooting for the moose just because <laughs> yeah. those guys were annoying. And then later, when the angry mob forms and they're talking about the death count, it was, well, to be fair, some of them are hippies. And even I was like, oh, yeah. Everybody's a like, oh, okay.
1: Good point.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're only yeah. up to like three, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We exactly. don't really count. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, I think Alaska has a very laid back lifestyle in a lot of ways. And, um, and, you know, it's not meant to be something to be, you know, offensive in any way. It's, you know, we all have our, you know, off the grid hippie friends or people that we know. And, you know, the way that that scene plays out with the hippies in the field is probably the most, I guess, graphic scene in the movie, you actually get to see a bit of, you know, movie magic blood and stuff like that. But by no means is it, you know, I would say it's not a gore fest by any means. It's no, very, it's it's very, it's very
0: tasteful. It's very, it fits the overall theme of the movie. It's not out of place. Um, and mm-hmm. you also get to see, really for the first time, what the moose is really capable of. Because until that point, a lot of things just kind of happen off screen. So this is the first right. time. And even some of this happens off screen, but do you, you see the after effect? You hear it. <laughs> yeah. You hear it. You see the, you know, the blood splatter and stuff like that. Yeah. So th- this is your first real taste of what you're dealing with. Right.
1: Right. And we really liked that, you know, one of the characters in that scene, you know, we, we needed a way to move the story forward and, having one of them you know survive the attack and be the witness you know because he's a hippie it's it's really hard to take his test you know testimony seriously <laughs> and it's what's funny about it that i love Where with this guy <laughs> he's actually telling the truth though you yeah. know <laughs> actually he's saying what happened but you know because of how he's saying it and what he's saying and who he looks like you know and they don't take him seriously oh yeah you know that scene's kind of i guess kind of whimsical and you get kind of, kind of you know weird colors in there and kind of some haziness and it's almost like you're watching that through his point of view and so um it was just a kind of a fun way to you know to set up the the, the witness the actual first surviving witness of what's going on and what they're dealing with.
0: One of the greatest things in the, I, I thought, it, uh, in the movie was in the course of their research on how to kill this thing was the pop-up book <laughs> on, uh, yeah. they find this expert who has written about the moose man of Alaska and turns out he's written a story on, uh, How to Kill Him. It's it's a goddamn pop-up book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is a uh, it's a genius prop, is what it is, and uh, Chad, being a a lover of prop making, um, came up with this, and it's a it works. So It's an actual pop-up book that works, and each page is very beautifully illustrated and detailed. There are no copies of it other than the one that we used in the in the film. But um, the pull tab that comes out and articulates the arm and or the with the hoof and it's 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 real. Like it's a real book. And um, that I do have to say, one of our fun Easter eggs in that in the whole movie, really is the character who plays the writer of that book. Um, his, his real name is Tom Gamble, and he's a writer on The Simpsons. And he's kind of like our celebrity cameo, if you will, and a uh, very prolific writer, worked on Seinfeld as well, but he happens to know Chad. They're friends because he's also a cartoonist, um, and his comic strip is The Doozies. And he says a brief line in his scene when he's going back to his shelf in the back room to go look for his the book and everything. He pokes his head out and says, it's a doozy. <laughs> and that's kind of like a nod to his actual comic strip. So, And, you know, some of the other fun toys that we have in that scene um, are, you know, kind of novelty toys that um, are popular up here. Like, the you know, we boos. have. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's seen that. So, um, you know, there's the coffee mugs and the shirts and all the other merch that he makes money from. So everybody's trying to make a buck. Oh, yeah. Especially especially starving writers.
0: Speaking of uh, merch, do you sell this shirt you're wearing now?
1: Ah, See, this is the official Moose the Movie uh, uh, hoodie that we have. And uh, we do sell these. Um, And I... I'm pretty sure we still have some. And there's all kinds of weird merch. Like there's the, um, you will prevent forest fires, the Sooty the Bear poster that's a brief gag in the early on in the story where it's kind of a, our play on Smokey the Bear. And he's really angry. He's pointing right at and He says, you will prevent forest fires. <laughs> there's all kinds of poster stuff that we have you know, for sale the, as well.
0: There's another Easter egg sort of thing I wanted to ask you about. Why is the Hulk on the bulletin board in uh, the uh, (laughs) ranger's office? You know,
1: I'm actually probably not the right person to ask that because I was not the one who put that there. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, we have just sprinkled all kinds of Easter eggs throughout the entire movie, you know, from Star Trek to Star Wars to – jim henson different monster movies dracula the mummy and all kinds of references all over the place um mostly it just comes from us being fans of just just fanboying you know, out yeah exactly it's like that's nah, just throw it in there if you know we get sued then it's more press for us i guess
0: well it's like i'm watching <laughs> it and passes is like hold up rewind <laughs> yeah thought i saw that okay that's Lou igno. I'm
1: sure there is a story there But it is not my story to tell um, But uh, I'm glad you saw that There's there's all kinds of really funny Oh little, yeah the, the,
0: know, the, Especially later on It's like I, I know there's the, the Star Trek one later is Fantastic
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: Without giving away the Ending it it's funny, I, I figured that's how the moose was going to be killed, just not mm-hmm. in this exact same way he was going to be killed, because mm-hmm. the book says an antler has to be rammed in his spleen. I'm like, ah, okay, got it. That that's <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. That eh, was close, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's I I really like the. the the character arcs went really well. Uh, you really saw the development between Sam and Zach build and grobe throughout the movie. Is there plans for a moose too? <laughs> we always
1: talk about wanting to, to do one or a, you know, moose, the musical, the musical <laughs> or a, you know, moose in space. No, it's don't him to
0: space. That's a death. Knell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, we we have other projects that we have been focusing on um, we really like the the universe of of you know what we call the tundra universe or you know the Gangrene Gulch universe um, we, we did not make a sequel but we did do another movie um, in the universe but if there's enough demand I mean, I would love to do a sequel to it or a Christmas special or something, you know,
0: whatever it is. Well, cause I mean, the way it's left off, this is a demonic being that is eaten by the mm-hmm. town folks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who's to say what that meat would do to people? Who can say that? So what else is, uh, What's the other one set in the, uh, in the Gangrene Gulch uh, universe? So
1: the follow-up film that we did is called Sudsy Slim Rides Again. That one. Yeah, and it's more of a uh, – what we call a Northwestern, uh, you know, spaghetti Western. <laughs> it's Northwest though. <laughs> um, again, it's comedy. Um, less of a monster movie, more of like a comedy heist kind of film. Um, And it's about two convicts that break out of jail. And in order to escape the town that they're held up in, they have they end up kidnapping the town's most famous resident and hold him for ransom. And the most famous resident happens to be a hundred year old corpse um, named Sudsy Slim, who's a a con man (laughs) that's on display in the town. And um, and all of the hijinks afterwards, um, it's filmed by the same people, written by the same people. Um, it's our, our spiritual successor to Moose the Movie. It's got a little bit more uh, polish to it, um, and it looks a little bit better in, from a technical standpoint. Um, and I would I'd highly recommend it. If you were a fan of Moose the Movie, you'll likely be a fan of Sudsy. It's not quite as... It's still campy and silly and cheesy and you know we're going for for comedy but it's not quite as slapstick in your face about it it's i think i think it's a, a one level of maturity uh, of growth <laughs> compared to <laughs> but it's it's still very much uh very silly and and low budget <laughs> we went from eighth grade to high school <laughs> yeah you're in eighth grade now you're in the ninth grade so different but not really.
0: <laughs> so you said you have a project that you're you, you kind of have on hold until things kind of normalize. Mhm. Anything else past that or is that kind of your main focus you right know, now?
1: That's that's the main the main focus. We have two feature films that were kind of in the early stages of of development on one of them being the next big movie that will that will focus on big is in quotes for those that don't see me, um, but uh, the other one is more of a, a lower budget kind of mockumentary that we're working on, um, kind of in the same vein as uh, you know Best in Show, Spinal Tap, you know those kind of fun mockumentary stories um and we might depending on how things go next year with what we're allowed to do and where we're allowed to go and you know with the pandemic and everything that will kind of determine which story we kind of gravitate towards you know the the, the mockumentary will probably be quicker to do but uh you know the, the, the end game is definitely to just try to
0: make a living doing these these feature films i'm looking forward to catching some more work and then having you back on either here or over on uh bullspit depending on what the movie is about <laughs> that would be great i would I would love that this is shameless uh, shill time where can the listeners <laughs> go to find merch and keep up with uh, what you're doing and check out moose the movie and other movies that you have out.
1: So, if you want to watch the films, if you want to stream them now, you can stream them on Amazon. Um, if you want to buy them and get a DVD or a Blu-ray, you can go to the tundracomics.com and there's a store there, an online store um where you can buy the, you know, the movies, you can buy um the graphic novel from Moose the Movie or some of the other merch that's available, t-shirts, um, and of course, you have to plug uh, Chad's Tundra comic books themselves. He still puts those out every every year. And um, I grew up reading them myself, and um, you can buy all of that online. And most people I'd imagine are, are shopping online this year and doing wow. a lot of that anyway. <laughs> um so tundracomics.com would be a good starting place but uh, if you want to follow any of our projects we have a few social medias um the one that i operate is called uh, nomad cinematics and we are the small team of filmmakers that um make these movies and uh we have our instagram or our facebook page nomad cinematics based in alaska should come up pretty
0: quick Before I let you go. How, what's the overall reception of, uh, the, like the, the, the Alaska boy doing, you know, Alaska movies with Alaska people, like being like the, the Alaskan local.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say there's a lot of, of local support and I can't stress enough, like how, how much, help we have with these films. There's a lot of filmmakers up here that, you know, really band together to, to pull these off overall, you know, most of the movie and Sudsy have, they, we have a a local theater here and they did phenomenal. Uh, And the local theater, there's a lot of support for them. Um, The real test is seeing how these stories get, you know, how, how, how do they come across to, You know, uh, people who aren't from the town, people who aren't your parents, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) so, you know, you are, you are the first person that's ever reached out to either, to anybody on our team to, to find out, um, to, to even ask or interview any, anybody. And, you know, Moose has been, uh, out for, was it two years now on Amazon?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. And so um, it it really is amazing to have someone who is completely unconnected from the the movie, you know, ha- have the film have an impact and be interesting enough for you to wanna, you know, do a, a podcast on it. And I really appreciate you reaching out um, and getting a hold of one of us to to just shed a little bit of light on our really low budget, you know, comedy movie. So it, it does mean a lot. And, and thank you for that.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. And like I said, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's silly, but one, you admit, you know, you know, that's what you were putting out. So it's not like you're, you know, you, you're in this like delusional state of, Oh, I put out the next uh, Schindler's list. You know, you put <laughs> out a silly movie. So you own that it's a silly movie. You advertise that it's a silly movie. I mean, that was one of the first things you said to me. It was like it it was a silly goofy movie. It's was like, "Yeah, I know. I I've seen it." You know, uh <laughs> but yeah. going into that, it, as long as people are expecting the it's a silly just it it's definitely a movie to sit down and just watch for a good time. And Mm -hmm. especially after the year we've had, that's, you really need that. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of crap out there. And, um, you know, I think it's important to have a little bit of humor introduced back into our lives. And, you know, we always say that, you know, Moose is, is great. And same with Sudsy. Like they're really good. If you watch it with your friends and, I'm hesitant on saying that now because they don't want anybody to be together, but, but uh, it, it really Stream is it with your
0: friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: But it, it is a, it is meant to be funny. Um, it's meant to bring you a little bit of joy. It's got some, you know, monster elements into it, but you know, as soon as you hit play, the very first thing you see is our disclaimer saying that this film was meant, it was made with its low budget in mind, you know, it's, <laughs> so we knew what we, we had <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly and what we could do and that was that was really a, a the the theme of the whole movie is like it was a it was a baptism by fire it was like we don't know really how to pull this off we only know what we can do so um i'm just thrilled that it, it did come together the way it did
0: and it, it, it came together pretty damn good. I mean, you know, like we said, it's not Lord of the Rings. It's not the next Hollywood masterpiece. But it is mm-hmm. a very fun film. And right. at the end of the day, you're happy with it. It's it, it's a good movie. And people should watch it. I agree.
1: I think so, too.
0: <laughs> so, and, and like you said, I'm not even connected. so I have zero bias in this. I have no dog in this fight. Right. And that's really that's, I think
1: a really important feedback to have um, you know, I would prefer to have more people who don't have a dog in the fight to, to watch it because the people who are in your circle, they're the ones who are going to give you the positive feedback that might not really be the most helpful. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is really helpful to have honest critiques. Um, and it's it it feels really good to know that when, you know, someone like yourself is understanding the intent of the joke or, you know, can appreciate uh that character because of how weird they are. It's like we're with we, I'm that's an example of our communication of the story is getting across to more than just our inner circle. Like you're actually getting what we were going for and that's really good to
0: know. I mean Hell, the only thing I have in common with the movie is we share the same name. so.
1: <laughs> I know, that's awesome. <laughs> we'll have to send you a special merch package just because of that.
0: <laughs> I am down. <laughs> Listeners, you can find all the uh, links that he mentioned in the episode description for easy access. You can find me and other great podcasters at electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Logan, it has been a blast chatting with you today. And I really do look forward to uh, catching your next projects and getting you back on and probably you know, bullspitting with you over on the other show.
1: That would be great. I really appreciate you reaching out. And we will definitely plug your podcast as much as we can.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. Until next time, Horror Hounds, mash on. Enjoyed today's episode and you don't lose that spirit. Come back tomorrow for another of Muse's 13 horrifying days of Christmas. Or Krampus will come for your soul.